This is Daily Delivery Part 2. Hope you guys stuck around for this Wolves-only, NBA-only Part 2. I try to listen to you guys. You guys gave me a lot of good feedback a few weeks ago when I asked for it. And a lot of you said, too much Wolves talk. I don't like all the Wolves talk. And then a lot of you also said, I love all the Wolves talk. I love Chris Hines. So how about a compromise right now with so much going on in Minnesota sports? I will, I broke the podcast into two today and isolated the Timberwolves stuff. If you don't want it at all, great. You don't have to have it. You can go listen to the, the part one about um, all the great stuff that happened to the Wild, what's going on with the Vikings and, and their uh, their voluntary workouts. The Twins just signed Pablo Lopez to a record contract. Um, and Emma Bates of, of Elk River finished fifth in the Boston Marathon. There was so much going on Monday that I felt the need to break it into two parts, and I felt like the cleanest break was to take the Timberwolves portion out. So here here is my interview with Chris Hine talking about the Wolves, their 109-80 to loss on Sunday to Denver, and what can change in Game 2 on Wednesday. Let's bring in Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer, off of that Game 1. A debacle is maybe too strong of a word, Chris. I won't use that word, um, but they lost by 29 in the first game of the playoffs late Sunday in Denver. Now there's two off days before they play again on uh, on Wednesday. So you know, I feel like there's a, there's a chance uh, to, to get better, but uh, what, let, let's talk first. I want to hear your perspectives. I already talked a little bit about this game with Royce on Monday, but you were in Denver. What was, what was your take on what, what we saw and why we saw it? Just overwhelmed, overmatched, not ready for the moment. Um, you go around the locker room and I feel like the Wolves, didn't get a chance to really catch their breath from the week before um, with all the travel and double playing games that they had. Um, they'll tell you that. I think they could use the two-day break as opposed to a one-day break. Rudy Gobert said his back was not great, um, so we'll see if he can get better in time for game two. Um, overall, the mood was not tragic, um, they they seem to just kind of take it in stride. Um, you have some veterans who have been in long series before. Uh, Conley, Gobert, Anderson. That was kind of their message: was we've been on we've been on both sides of this coin in playoff series before. We're not freaking out about it. Um, but man, do things have to change before game two if this is going to become a series? Um, everything, uh, offense, everything was awful offensively. One of their worst offensive games of the season. And that led to very bad transition defense. It's all kind of connected. Um, and the Nuggets, especially in that third quarter, just blitzed yeah. the Wolves off the floor. They look like a team that had to work really hard just to get the eight seed, which indeed they were. But they've been playing playoff kind of caliber games for 25 or 30 games this year because of the hole they put themselves in by not you know, by not beating some of these lesser teams and just because of the nature of the West this year, they, I don't, I don't think that's an excuse, but they, that's just what they looked like. They look like a team that, like you said, could have used the extra rest, could have like the difference when you watch that game versus Denver thinking, man, they could have had what, four or five days off and played Memphis had they taken care of business in that game against the Lakers where yep. they were up 15 in that first play out play in game. That's a big difference. That that feels like a, a real missed opportunity. And we, we thought so at the time. Then they beat Oklahoma City Friday. And you're like, okay, well, they're still in. Not that big of a deal. But you could see the big the big deal 
was the opponent and how much time they would have had to actually prepare and rest and be ready for that game. So I think there was an element of that. I do think they can be better in this next game. I, I expect a much more professional effort, but that still doesn't excuse some of the things they could control in that game. I mean, they had a day of rest. They, they've been playing games, you know, on this relative pace for the past, you know, few months. This was not a, this was not a surprise it was a late game. So there was like a full two days between the, you know, the, the thunder game of 48 hours. And when this started, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse what I thought was just like a, a look of a look from the beginning that they just weren't entirely into it in a way that the playoffs would suggest they should be. No, they weren't. And, you know, you could see it early on. I think the offense just was out of sync all night, uh, forcing shots, guys trying to take it on themselves to do things. These are, these are things that kind of show up early in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike Conley tr- talked a lot about, you know, them needing to trust each other on offense, um, which is something that we hear often early in the season, not later in the season. Um, Carl couldn't get a shot to fall. And I think, you know, some of the, the non threes that he took were not necessarily the best shots that he could have taken last night. And still looks like he's trying to figure out how he's trying to find his way in this too big lineup and, you know, how much traffic that tends to cause in the paint and where he fits in with this still trying to figure those things out that, you know, if Carl wasn't hurt, maybe they get it ironed out earlier in the season. Or maybe it doesn't work at all um, because this too big thing maybe just isn't isn't for the long term. Um, we're going to learn a lot about that in this playoff series, considering this is one of the teams they're going to have to com- compete with for the next few years. Um, just how much they have to go or how far they have to go. And can this be viable uh, against one of the top teams in the Western Conference. And last night, the early returns were were not great. Um, no. Rudy Gobert struggling with this with his back injury. I think it's important to note that um, that he's not the one hundred percent version of himself physically out there right now. Um, but Denver's going to take advantage of that, uh, and, and you saw that last night and uh, how much they wanted to get out and run. Yeah, absolutely. And they, I mean. Hurt or not, Gobert is can be a liability when teams start to play fast when they spread you out. We've just seen that in previous games, previous playoff series, things like that. So that's always going to be a question for them to to kind of grapple with and what's what's the most effective lineup. You know, it's interesting. They're kind of in this mode where they still need a lot of information for the long term as to whether this you know too big lineup can work. And like you've said. A lot of the iterations that we've seen, no, they don't work great. Um, that they're better defensively sometimes than they are offensively, but they haven't made figured out consistently how to make teams pay, especially if they are undersized. There's some exceptions. I think obviously they did fine against Oklahoma City, a very small, you know, inexperienced team. They scored 120 points. The defense was really good. That was a game where it worked, but against your higher caliber of teams where they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And oh, by the way, have the two-time MVP who kind of does a little bit of everything in the post. That's where they're going to struggle. So they're kind of in this space where they need a lot of information, but they also need to win games. And how do you how do you kind of merge those two things, especially when you really have seven healthy players that you really trust right now? Because I don't think they're I think in a in a series in a perfect world, if they had Naz Reed and Jaden McDaniels. I don't think you'd see Jalen Noel right now. I don't know if you'd see much of Jordan McLaughlin. Like those guys have had moments this season, but just not the same players they were 
before they got hurt this season and, and came back. Yeah, and that's that's one of the issues they're facing right now is that the rotation is so short that when they when Finch goes into the bench right now, he's he's grasping for straws at this point and hoping that somebody pops up and has a good game. Um, you know, you, you, Jordan McLaughlin has not looked himself the last couple of weeks here. Um, Jalen Noel has been injured, uh, you know, most of the last six ish weeks or so. Um, trying to get back into a rhythm. I thought he gave them at least a little something, a little spark offensively at, at times last night. I'll be interested to see if he gets gets the call again um, on Wednesday night as one of the, the first people off the bench. Um, it's interesting to, to kind of look at the offense right now and kind of the, the, the dynamic and push and pull that they have with this kind of pick and roll game with Conley and Rudy and, and maybe like Kyle Anderson and Rudy. Um, but it also kind of flies in the face of like kind of the free flowing movement, uh, you know, freelance kind of style that, that Chris Finch prefers. And I think they have to kind of come up with a decision here. It's like, which way for this series do we want to play? Do we want to play more structured, more methodical, more gradual with, you know, kind of screen and roll actions, which didn't, look terrible at times last night um or do we want to keep trying to play this free-flowing kind of structure i think right now both things are kind of butting heads with each other um and you're getting what you saw last night against against a denver team that is not oklahoma city and is not the lakers uh defensively at least or at least last night they weren't um so i think the wolves have some some things they need to iron out and decisions they need to make in terms of offensive game plan heading into game two. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I think the biggest, one of the bigger concerns from this game was Towns. And we've seen this, you know, periodically in in big games, big moments. I think with the play-in game against the Clippers last year was was one of them. And there was a there was some up and down nature to his game in the in the Grizzlies series as well. He was very good against Oklahoma City, and he is still fairly fresh off of you know the 52 games he missed with the calf injury but his you know relative no show you know both statistically and to some degree you know emotionally in that game or the the investment level that I saw from him just did not speak to me like a playoff game that that's got to be concerning as they think about the long-term future too because here's a guy who's been here you know since 2015 this is 2023 now that we shouldn't be having the same conversations about is he going to show up or is he not going to show up for big games? Yeah, I, I thought emotionally, you know, I, I didn't mind his emotions last night because I think we've seen a version of Carl that can careen off the rails when, when things start to go south. So I, I didn't mind kind of how he navigated that game emotionally. He didn't get too worked up. And I thought that was actually an, an okay sign that he struggled. Things were going their way and he still kind of, 
I guess kind of kept his head in the game because um, I thought there were times last postseason in oh, the yeah. Clippers game in the Memphis game where he got so worked up emotionally, so invested in the the, the refereeing or, or or what have you that he took himself out mentally in some of those games last season. So I thought last night was at least a step in the right direction. That on a tough night he didn't he didn't mentally check out. Um, that being said. I thought he was trying to do a little bit too much um, at times. I thought the shot selection was was not great. That goes for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, not just him. Um, you know, his three ball. I, I tend to think anytime Carl takes a semi-open three, it is not a bad shot considering Correct. he's like a 40% career three-point shooter. Um, couldn't get those to fall last night, you know. I'll be interested to see what happens on Wednesday night because Finch tends to call the first couple of actions for players who might be struggling or or players he wants to really get going in mm-hmm. a particular game. So I, I wonder if it's going to be who's going to get that first call. Is it going to be a play for Carl? Is it going to be a play for Ant? Yeah, and I think that I think that kind of might tell you what direction they want this offense to head. Is it going to be? playing through Carl or is it going to be playing through Ant? You got to play through both eventually, but which yeah. one do do they feel they need to get going a little more? I would tend to favor Ant right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they got to get him going um, because if he, if he gets going, he gets going downhill, it's going to open up everything for everybody else. I don't know that Carl's going to open up the offense the same way that Ant would open up the offense if he was really a threat. So, yeah. And they seem to play with a certain joy or a certain kind of energy level when Ant is going, right? Like he's kind of an emotional kind of beacon for this team sometimes in a good way where if he's mm-hmm. if he's engaged, if he's happy with the way things are going, they feed off of his energy. And I'm not saying they don't feed off of Town's energy, but I think it is more important to feed off of Ant's energy. And yeah, he, he does seem a little bit lost or stuck in this space of, hey, they're throwing a lot of double teams at him. They figured out that his shot's not falling a whole lot right now. So basically daring him to shoot, a lot of those shots are still contested. And when there's, you know, they've got enough athletic, you know, bigs, you know, not, Jokic is not terribly athletic, but with guys like Gordon, guys like, uh, you know, Porter Jr., like guys who can affect his shot and guard him in a way that probably makes him uncomfortable, that uh, that to me is a, is a big thing to get him going. You know, that said, there was an element of, Sunday night's game too. That was just, they missed a lot of shots. I think towns missed shots. He normally makes, they had some open looks. They don't normally miss. Um, I don't think it was all shot making, but you know, people do kind of half jokingly say it's a make or miss league. And they just missed, they missed a lot of shots. And I don't know if it's tired legs, if it was just one of those games, but if they make a few more shots, this will be a more competitive game Wednesday. It will. It will. They just need to get, better shot selection i think mike conley spoke to that where it was if he felt like guys were passing up some some good shots to try to get some great ones they weren't making simple plays that they needed to make he felt very he felt fairly confident that there are ways that they could exploit this nuggets defense and and denver's defense did not light the world on fire during the regular season they're a very efficient offensive team um but defensively they uh you know they're not one of the elite so yeah. they feel like there are ways that they can they can exploit this Denver defense. Um, Conley just basically said they have to make the plays that were there, um, and they weren't doing that last night for whatever reason. 
No, that's true. And I think one, I, I feel like there's a couple sequences, like the early third quarter sequence where the game just completely got away from him. It was 11 yeah. at half. It was 11 at half yep. time, but you're thinking, okay, like if they can start the third quarter on a run and third quarters have been a problem for them in a lot of these games this season, that's, you know, I think they have a negative 4.4 rating in the, in the third quarter. They're good in a lot of the other quarters, but where Towns tried to force a couple passes to go bare, winds up as turnovers. There's another, I can't remember who was handling the ball, but somebody else tried to get the ball to go bare, wound up as a turnover. Suddenly 11 is 18, is then 25, is then a blowout. Um, that to me was kind of the the uncertain nature of the offense, not quite sure how to attack, and still kind of this this uneasy, this, this uneasiness with how this two-big lineup works where Cats trying to make it work maybe too hard. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the issue early in the season where yes. it felt like they were forcing things and he was trying to force the ball to Rudy or the offense was trying to force the ball to Rudy when that maybe wasn't the thing that they should be doing. It did look a lot like what was happening early in the season last night. Um, they need to they need to figure out that. I mean, there have been times in the last couple of weeks where it's looked fine out there. Right. Um, you know, it's it, and actually part of that, I think you could look back and say Nas Reed helped with some of that. And unfortunately he's not available for them. Um, but man, when it, when it bogs down, it bogs down hard and it is, it is a tough watch. Yes. Um, and that's, that's kind of the story of this, of this Timberwolves season is when they're bad, they are bad in a very hard way. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, a, like last night, a couple more things, Chris Hine, you know, one, you know, one of those being, like you said, when they're bad, they're bad, but they, they do have a habit of surprising us, of, you know, turning in a good performance when it all seems like everything's gone poorly. Um, let's let's take the, the kind of micro view, and then I want to go a macro view. Micro view, I do expect them to play better Wednesday, and I do think that they do have it in them to make this a series, perhaps, still. I don't think they're going to get swept. I think they can be competitive in, in this next game. What what do you think about that? Is this different right now than other points of resilience or do they draw on that? And, and can they do that on Wednesday? No, I expect them to play well on Wednesday. That's just been their MO throughout the season. And I think they have enough veteran leadership right now to come up with a performance on Wednesday night. That being said, I feel like Wednesday night is it for them. Okay. Um, if they don't win Wednesday night, I, I, th- I sense a sweep coming. Really? Okay. Um, I do. I, th- I think they're going to be putting all their emo- chips emotionally, uh, in this series into Wednesday night, um, yeah. trying to come up with this win on the road. And if it doesn't happen, I think they're in trouble. I think um, if they, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, but that being said, they could play well on Wednesday night and Denver can still win this game because I don't think Denver played to the best of their ability. No. Uh, the other night and Jokic especially yeah um, did not have the kind of game that is a two-time MVP kind of numbers game Um, so I expect Denver to ramp it up a little bit too now that they've gotten a game under their belts after a long layoff you know they might have been they might have been a little rusty last night Um, you know they didn't shoot the ball I mean they shot the ball well from outside overall they didn't shoot the ball especially efficiently, but they did hit a number of threes in transition. Yes. So the Wolves have a decision to make in terms of transition defense. How are they going to play that? Will they be crashing the offensive boards as much? They've wanted to lean into that later in the season, uh, or will they just be getting back as quickly as possible once the shot goes up? Um, that'll be an interesting dynamic to to see play out Wednesday night. 
Uh, part of me thinks they should maybe just double down on trying to get offensive rebounds and trying to score, especially if shots aren't falling, try to get yep. extra, extra shots, extra possessions. And, you know, you try to, you make, you make that trade off. Um, but we'll see what they do. We'll be asking tomorrow at practice and I do expect a better effort Wednesday. I just don't know if they're, if it's going to be enough. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that they lose Wednesday I would see a gentleman's sweep coming where they win game three at home, lose game four at home, then get finished off in five back in Denver. But, um, you know, to your point, though, whether it's four or five, if they do lose this series in relatively easy fashion, which certainly could happen, especially like you said, if they lose Wednesday, how much do you think they will base kind of their long view of the season of the future on how close or far away they feel they are from this series. Like if, if they, let's say they get swept, like does that, does that influence their off season decision-making any more than a competitive series does, or are they still in kind of information gathering mode at this point? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know what the difference would be between a sweep and let's say a six or seven game series. Um, I, I do think that Tim Connolly and the front office is still taking a very long view of this double big partnership. And I don't think you're going to see them blow it up. It's just the vibe I get right now. It's not really like hard information or anything like that. It's just in, in reading through like, you know, Connolly's public comments and things like that. I get the sense that they're taking the long view, especially since Carl missed so much of the season, right? That anybody who is going to want drastic change i don't know that that's going to be coming this season um that being said if they get swept something's got to change or you know I, I i don't know what i don't know what that's going to look like um or what what moves you make in and around that or or maybe it's not necessarily moves like in terms of bringing in players or personnel but maybe it's a shift in philosophies yeah. especially on the offensive end of the floor Maybe it is a shift away from trying to merge Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns with a fast-paced style right. offense, you know, free-flowing kind of offense, and maybe coming to some decisions on how you want to play on that end of the floor moving forward. So that could be a significant change that results from this series, I think. Not necessarily personnel, but more philosophy. Yeah, no, I think it's fascinating. We'll see if they are... Uh, they can't be much worse. We'll see how much better they are on Wednesday than they were on Sunday. Um, I think a lot of the hard decisions still to make make this offseason. I think they become um, I don't think they become clarified with any specific outcome, but I do think these games matter in a sense of if you feel like you're that far away, even with all the all the all the things that we've talked about being kind of you know things that you've got to factor in Towns injury, just the lack of development time and figuring all this out. I do think those things are important, but if you have a really poor performance in the playoffs, I do think that maybe accelerates your timeline for saying, Hey, maybe we've got to, we've got to rethink more than just, like you said, more than just the, uh, the, 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 the scheme or how you can attack it. But there's a lot of games left to play. Um, at least three more. We'll see how, uh, we'll see how they <laughs> go. Um, Chris appreciate it as always. Enjoy your time in Denver and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. That was good, Mike. Thank you. Great stuff from Chris, as usual. Hope you guys enjoyed 
all of the content today, both podcasts. If you listen to both, thank you so much. But if you only were interested in one or the other, thank you for listening to either of those as well. Um, I'd take any feedback you have on on the split up of, of the shows. I don't think it'll be a, a long-term trend. We'll see. Maybe on some days where there is so much content. But I think in the short term, it's going to have to be because there's going to be so much wolves and wild in the next you know week or two. And there's going to be plenty of other stuff on top of it with the Twins, the NFL Draft, everything going going on right now that sometimes I'm going to need to break it up just to give give the give do give justice to everything that is happening right now and give things a, a little bit of room to breathe so that will do it for me today until Wednesday I'm Michael Rand this is Daily Delivery we'll see you then <laughs>